Welcome to ADHD Friendly. I'm Patty Blinderman. I am your host and the creator of the ADHD Friendly Membership Community. Check it out at ADHDfriendly.com where everything we do is designed to tilt the playing field in favor of ADHD brains. So this is episode 107. Wow. I know. I'm going to start as I always do with a celebration and it's related to my Nami walks. Nami? Nami. Nami. I always say Nami. Nami. Nami walks that I did last month in October. And then I have an ADHD friendly tip related to bucket lists. I know. And then my topic this week, imposter syndrome. This is a really common thing for those of us with ADHD. So I'm going to break down what it is, what it looks like, and share some strategies to help you if you have a bit of that imposter syndrome going on. Let's start as we do with a celebration. So I did the NAMI walks in October. And I shared before that I designed a shirt because we made team ADHD friendly for the walk. It was a beautiful, beautiful fall, October day, which was so, it just made me so happy. And my celebration is, and I'm trying to figure out how to share this because I'm a little uncomfortable sharing it because it was a hard decision to make. And I told you, we, we changed (laughs) the morning of the walk Yes, because what I realized was where I signed up to do the walk. Cause I'm not from Chicago. So I'm not familiar where places are was literally on the opposite end of Chicago from yeah. where I am. And it was going to take about an hour and a half to get there with all of the road construction that's going on right now. Right. And if we took mass transit, which was our, our preferred, once we realized where it was, so we wouldn't have to navigate all of that. It was going to be $150 and I'm not kidding. So I was like, Oh no. Oh no. And there wasn't really time to navigate this, but the time the walk started. So I remembered there was another walk that was closer to me, but I just decided to sign up for the other one. Mm -hmm. And I went and I realized because it's a free walk and it's really about raising awareness, you could sign up even the morning of, and it didn't, you know, cost additional our t-shirts that we all qualified for were down at the other walk that we registered for. But I was like, you know what the big picture is getting out there and walking to raise awareness for mental illness. So we shifted and this is like a lot of brains who aren't very flexible, including me. So like, it was a difficult thing to navigate, but we all did it. We all got there. We did the walk and it was a great time. So my celebration is that I pivoted at the last moment when I realized it just wasn't going to work. It was just too difficult. And I was getting overwhelmed with my feeling of the obligation of I registered us. We have to go walk. People, you know, are supporting us to walk. I have to go participate. And then what I had to let go of is the expectation of walking the exact location that I signed up for Mm -hmm. and letting myself walk where it worked for us to walk and still, you know, about raising that awareness. So prioritize attending and we got it done. And next year I'm signing up for the closer. Now that I know where the other one is, I'm like, oh my (laughs) word. I just, it was just one of those not good with directions and where things are. Same here. But hey, you guys made it. We made it work. We made it work. We all wore our t-shirts. It was a fun time. All right. So now I have my ADHD friendly tip for this week. And it's related to a bucket list. Do you have a bucket list, Becca? I don't, but I should start one. Becca's really good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's not even thinking about a bucket list yet. (laughs) Now you have a radar. (laughs) Well, Arthur C. Brooks who teaches a happiness course at Harvard University recommends not just having a bucket list, but taking three things off of it. 
And so this is what he said. I'm going to quote Arthur here. He said, instead of aspiring to add more things to your life, think about how you can aspire to take things away. And what he says is if you remove three things, it can take the pressure off and actually boost your happiness. So I've got the four steps he recommends because he recommends taking things off, three things off, but he kind of comes in a back doorway and recommends adding three things on. So I'm going to share what this looks like. So these are, these are his four steps. Number one, write out your bucket list. He said, focus on your biggest goals and dreams for your bucket Mm -hmm. list. I have a bucket list. I thought it was in my trusty (laughs) personal owner's manual. Not. So my step one is find find my bucket list. But if you already have yours and your word is great. If not, we're going to write it. So write your bucket list. Um, Number two, rank each item on your list from most to least important. I thought that one was really interesting because I know I can kind of visually remember my list. Mm -hmm. I can't find it. It is just a list lots of places I want to go, things I want to do, mostly experiences that are on there. Um, And so he says, when you're prioritizing them from most important to least important, to ask yourself this question, he says, are these things truly contributing to my happiness? Or could I be happier if I stopped pursuing them and focused instead on things I already enjoy in my life? Oh, right. Because a lot of times we might have things on there that are about maybe things like I want a boat or I want a vacation home or I don't know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just stuff. I know most of mine were experiences like doing things with different Mm -hmm. family members or friends or going to different locations. I've not been, but I'm sure there are a few things on there. If I go back and look like I, I wouldn't say that there's not, but I can't find it. So I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I'll follow, I'll follow up if I, uh, if I do find the original list. Okay. So that was step two, rank them. Step number three, remove the three lowest ranked things. So now this step is easy because you've already decided most important to least important, take bottom three off your list and replace them with three things that you already experienced or already appreciate having. So this is where you're going from that kind of pressure to do and shifting it to happiness for having done it and having the experience and the memory from it. So I really like that step mm-hmm. and that idea a lot, which is why when I read this, I was like, Ooh, this has got to be a tip because this feels very ADHD friendly. And then his fourth step is just revisit it once a year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my, my strategy there is what prompt me you need to come back to it every year. If you do, you know, kind of January lists might be a good time at the beginning of a new year, maybe at the end of the year in December mm-hmm. could be, you know, start of the school year. If that works for you, your birthday every year, whatever your year time period will look like schedule a reminder in your calendar app. So it's popping up to remind you do something, you know, I would say what prompt will you need to remind you? And then I'm going to end with his quote here. He says, as you refine your list, you will slowly increase the balance of your haves over your wants and work increasingly and work on increasing gratitude in your life. So your haves go up and your wants go down. So it's not about wanting, it's about appreciating what you have. So I really like that a lot. So there it is from Arthur C. Brooks from Harvard University. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks, Arthur. Nice tip. All right. Now, a quick commercial break. 
Hello, friends. I'm ADHD friendly girl. Are you overwhelmed, unmotivated, run down? Do you stop before you start? The answer to your challenges can be found at ADHD friendly. ADHD friendly is where we, where we make the doing easier. Join ADHD friendly today and start tilting the playing field in favor of your ADHD brain and start thriving. ADHDfriendly.com, where intention meets action. All right, we're back. It's fast. <laughs> Always goes by so fast. Okay. <laughs> imposter syndrome. So everybody can experience imposter syndrome. This is not one of those, like, you know, kind of, you only find it with people that have ADHD brains, but people with ADHD do tend to have this much more frequently. So the definition I'm going to share is from the ADDRC, the ADD Research um, Center, I think. I really need to write these out. I write them out in shorthand and I'm like, oh, there's no way I'll forget what that means. And then I forget, but um, ADDRC.org. And they say imposter syndrome is a pattern where someone doubts their skills, talents, or achievements and fears being exposed as a fraud. And they attribute their success to luck or external factors rather than their own abilities. Oh. Right. So if something happens, you're like, yeah, but that was really just luck. Uh-huh. That, that really had nothing to do with my skill or my talent or my strengths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, you know what? I don't know how I pulled that together. This is like how I experienced it a lot. Uh-huh. I won't remember kind of like my, my bucket list, right? Like, I know I did that, but where is it? So I'll get in my head thinking, they're going to think what a flake that she can't remember where she put something or what was on it or what I did when, you know, I, I, I have lots of kind of blind spots and they show up in, in different ways, in different environments. And so I have a lot of that Mm -hmm. experience. And those of us with ADHD brain wiring, because we have a lot of executive function challenges at times, we have a lot of evidence that you know, they don't always show up in the way that support us. And so we can feel very much like an imposter. And so okay. um, imposter syndrome and ADHD, um, really when we think about ADHD, individuals with ADHD do receive more negative feedback and criticism because of those impacts on executive functions. So when you think about time management, organization, planning and prioritizing, we struggle in all of these areas. So we literally have self-doubt in our abilities, in our, in our consistency, right? So I would say, maybe I can do it once, but can I do it over time consistently? That's a whole different thing, but we'll be judged because we did it once and people will be like, well, I know you can do it. So what's the deal? And it's like, okay, that's not literally, that's not how my brain works. I remember I learned this when my kids, I didn't know anything about the way ADHD showed up very uniquely in individuals and how my kids were impacted. And I remember like my thing was, as soon as you learn how to make your own lunch, good on you, go make your lunch. Okay. Figure out what you want to make. I'll help you. Like when we're shopping, what do you want to pack for lunch? But you're packing it. And what I found was my kids wouldn't eat their, they were just like, I'm going to be hungry. I'm and they would literally wouldn't pack lunches and they would go all day hungry. And I'd get notes, you know, so-and-so didn't have a lunch today. I'm like, why did you take lunch? I thought I wasn't oh, going to be hungry. Yeah, I, I, because again, our brains are so now, not now. They had just had breakfast and they couldn't imagine being hungry again. So they, they didn't make a lunch. <laughs> and it was so interesting because I would get frustrated thinking, well, I know you know how to make it. So 
you'll figure out eventually. No, <laughs> they actually they didn't. about it. <laughs> so it was a very interesting um, phenomenon, but it was one of those, those examples that when we think about um, what contributes to this, it is a lot of the direct impact on our executive functions that coincide with ADHD. So what this could look like, you might have negative self-talk. Oh. So, right. So like, mm -hmm. we, we don't do something in the, see overstuffed, like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just did that. I'm going to use, I, like, I really have worked on this. So it feels uncomfortable even use this as an example. because my brain's gone. No, 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 you don't do that. But you might say, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Don't say that. But, but that's right. like, you know, typical, like your brain will say something like that. Um, or I'll never, I'm never going to get this right. I don't know why I keep thinking I can right. figure this out. Yeah. What, what's the point? Right. Um, we might self-sabotage. Oh. So some behaviors that self-sabotage us could be, we procrastinate until the last minute and, you know, kind of throw something together to try to meet a deadline, but we just keep putting it off. Or we get into perfectionism where it's like, well, I'm going to wait for the perfect environment or the perfect set of conditions to get started. Um, they can go hand in hand. Um, or we work on it to the, like, it's like, you know, maybe you turn something into your boss and it's beautiful. And your boss is like, I just wanted you to slap something together in like 30 minutes. And you spent like an entire day on this. And so it can like, well, look at what he did. Right. And, but then we can get in our heads like, like you dummy. why, why did I do that? And now they're mad at me. I made this beautiful thing, but they just wanted a simple chart. Right. And I like went and then and got all sparkly and had a great time, you know, maybe diving into all the, the creative side of it. We also can set unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. either on ourselves or on others. But, but here, I think we're talking more about ourselves. Um, this can also look like social avoidance. So we might have that fear of being found out. So we might not want to, it's like, okay, I think of this as the, the George Costanda. Uh, this is just popping in my head. So I'm hoping I'm going to share this in a cohesive way that makes sense in this there's a Seinfeld episode where where George learns like like it's better to kind of leave the conference room on a high note and right. so he remember he said this joke and they all started laughing he's like that's it I'm out like, it, like lost and that resonates so much <laughs> with me because it's like okay yes I did it leave with that you know positive impression because what I know about me is if I stay longer there's a really good chance I'm gonna do something that I'm gonna be like what just why didn't you just go when you had the chance you just left at the point where you were on that high you wouldn't have said that thing that now that's what they're remembering they don't remember the positive contribution now they're thinking of that last thing you said so we could avoid that afraid that we'll be exposed as a fraud or we'll be afraid that we won't meet such social expectations and okay. sometimes especially for those of us that are verbal processors um it might be that we know we tend to get really excited about something and we lose the awareness that other people are looking at. It's like, okay, take a breath. <laughs> you know, you've been talk talking for nine or nine minutes, I would say five minutes. Really? And we're not recognizing that people are like, <laughs> and we just keep going. It's like, but, but wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm, I'm like, literally, I, I told you all the backstory. My husband's always like, don't preamble. Cause I'm like, let me give you the whole setup before I tell you the one little part that you need to know. <laughs> so some, some social avoidance could show up in terms of imposter syndrome. So those are some of the challenges of what it can look like with ADHD. I want to share some strategies if this is an area that you recognize in yourself so that you have something maybe to play with. As always, take what works for you, leave the rest behind, just sharing some ideas to see 
if something might help you to move beyond where you are so you're thriving with ADHD. All right, strategy number one, challenge that self-talk. As I mentioned when I first used that example, I have worked on this so much that I, I literally feel discomfort physically when I go to say something negative about myself. I'm not going to say I never slip up, but I never do it without being aware of it. Yeah. And it's pretty infrequent because I've worked on this so much since really my coach training helped me immensely. And because I had to support my clients to recognize it, I, I can't not hear it. Yeah. Um, so, but challenging, it can be as simple as just noticing that it's happening. It can be like the first step, right? We have to raise our awareness before we can shift our, uh, our behavior and create a new pattern. So one way to challenge that negative self-talk is by reminding yourself of your strengths and your accomplishments. Because remember, if we're tying it to imposter syndrome, it's we're judging ourselves through that lens of you were just lucky, or it was just because, you know, other people did pieces and yeah, you contributed a part, but it was really, their stuff was more than what you contributed. It wasn't really about you. So challenging that with stress, with stress, with strengths and accomplishments, my favorite way, as you know, is with a success journal. So Dr. Sharon Celine, I'm going to quote her fabulous woman says, and this is her quote, you have strengths and challenges like everyone else. The problem is the struggle to hold on to your successes long enough to believe in your abilities and nurture a sense of inner pride. Good on you, Sharon. That's beautifully stated. So I invite you to check out episode 34 of ADHD friendly where I talk about how to capture a success and I use examples and I literally go through the steps that I use to capture my successes. You can also visit ADHDfriendly.com, sign up for my free mini palm, and you will get a free success journal in that mini palm. So a couple of places just to do a little bit more digging and research. If it is sounding sparkly, but you need a little bit more inspiration, there's a couple of places to go to get you started. Okay. Strategy number two set realistic goals and expectations. So let's say you have a really big project. Even if it's like, you know, I'm going to organize the junk drawer. So maybe you break it down. I'm going to organize one tray in the junk drawer, Um, but break it into smaller, more manageable steps. So if I back that up a little bit, maybe my goal is to organize the kitchen and get it to flow better. Maybe I start with the pantry. Maybe I start with the countertop, right? But not the entire kitchen, because that's probably not going to happen in one day, at least not in my kitchen. Yeah, there's too much. So break it down into steps so that they're manageable and actionable. So you can see like, okay, you know what, this is where I start. And then I can check that off and be done. And you've made progress. And you didn't hold yourself to that unrealistic expectation that you're going to do it all. Step number or strategy number three, develop a support system. So whether it's friends, family members, colleagues, find people who have similar experience with some of these challenges and maybe they can provide some tips or emotional support because again, we're not alone. We feel like we're the only person that experiences this and we're not. The other alternative could be joining a support group or even if this is a a huge challenge, something that's getting in your way, in um, meaningful ways, maybe reaching out for professional support, whether it's a therapist or a doctor to really get the support that you need to be able to navigate through imposter syndrome. And then the fourth strategy is to practice self-care. 
And so really prioritizing those activities that build you up. So whether it's exercise, whether it's sleep, whether it's going to what I call like the big three foundations, making sure that you're eating healthy food, that you are exercising, that you're getting the sleep that you need. Those are all foundational self-care pieces. Mm -hmm. um, many hobbies, right? So literally prioritizing some time to do the things that you enjoy. So you are connecting with your strength because most likely if you have a hobby that you enjoy, it's something that's pulling on your natural strengths. Yeah. And that's a way to, to really lean into that self-care to combat an imposter syndrome. Um, episode seven of this podcast, really early on, if you go back and watch that, please, you know, be kind. <laughs> um, I talk about how to create a treat yourself menu. So whenever I talk about self-care, I think about self-care menus. So we remember the things that we can do to make it easier to tap into them, into them excuse me. So a, a treat yourself menu is a fun way to do that. So that's episode seven. If you again, want to check that out and get some ideas to make it easier to prioritize self-care. All right. So that's it. As always, if you try any of the strategies here, would love to hear how they go for you, or if you have your own that you want to share. This is episode 107. If you would post in the comments for this episode, we all learn from each other. So please share what you learn. And then I wanted to share what I am reading this week before I get into my quote, which I forgot to do last episode. I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> Becca, I am doing this deep dive into Dave Girl. Ooh, love So him. I am... Uh, not quite halfway done the book it's just it's um is if you're listening to this it's the storyteller tales okay. of life and music so he is the front man for Foo Fighters yes or as um I like to say based on uh oh gosh and I, I lost it it's gone I'm not gonna be able to say it <laughs> so I'm gonna let it go because I'm not gonna think of his name um but I have been following him on Instagram for a bit. And that's really interesting because that's kind of, kind of like my way into learning more about him. And I didn't even know he was the drummer for Nirvana. Oh, I had no idea either. So Nirvana, sorry. Which is like, I'm sure like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just didn't know. Um, I didn't I just, either. I just knew him from, from Food Fighters. And I was just like, what? What? So I was like, well, I gotta learn more about this. And I, what I love about what pulled me into wanting to read his book and learn more about him was he's just so nice. He is a really like nice he's been guy. out forever. He's like the same age as me. I think I'm like six months older than him. Oh, yeah, I know, pretty cool. That is cool. But he has this like genuine like kindness about him, and he just like is very generous with yeah what what he's been able to achieve he you know the, the clips of him having like a, a kid come up on stage and play the drums with him like at a live concert I mean it's just really really sweet um and he seems like a real family guy which you know I mm -hmm. I love like really really close with his kids um and so then I also got from my library he did a I think it's an eight eight episode um documentary when they made the album Sonic Highways and it's really long um, well, very cool, but very cool. And I am loving it. So just wanted to share that this is kind of, you know, what, what's sparkly right now for me, what I'm reading and what I'm, what I'm watching. It's very, very enjoyable. And so on my walk this morning, Becca, uh -huh. listen to Nirvana. Hey, I love Nirvana. But like I, my husband loves Nirvana. I 
only like I know apparently they like I knew like a number of their songs I don't know what they're called yeah. so when I listened to them I was like oh I know this song oh, I know this song and so I was just totally off my walk like like rocking out but it was really cool because I kept thinking oh my gosh, she's on the drums right now it's crazy like I never knew that was him. so I felt like I had this like weird almost like fan like like I know him yeah, I don't but it felt like it so it was really interesting dynamic I was like oh my gosh like what a what an interesting phenomenon okay, all right so Back to my um, excellent advice for living. Wisdom I wished I'd known earlier from Kevin Kelly. Here is my excellent advice from Kevin Kelly today. Don't measure yourself. No, sorry, start over. Don't measure your life with someone else's ruler. Ooh. I thought that tied in really nicely with the whole imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome. So there you go. There's my tip. All right, quick recap. Shared the tip for taking three things off your bucket list to create a little bit more happiness, a little yeah. less pressure. Love that. Again, if you try that, post it in the comments. Would love to hear your experiences and your thoughts on that. And then we broke down imposter syndrome. Hopefully, you know, again, tilting that playing field in favor of your brain. Next time I'm going to be talking about who do you spend your time with? Ooh. I know this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a while. So it's been on the list and I'm finally bringing it in. That's my intention next week to talk about that. And I'm going to kind of highlight, you know, like the whole idea behind who you're spending your time with really does influence who you are becoming as a human being. So, you know, kind of thinking about mindfully who you're choosing to spend your time with. So I love that idea. That's it for this episode. Again, episode 107. If you like this episode, some of the content resonates with you, or there's someone in your life you think could benefit, please subscribe, like, follow, whatever you do pass it on. That's how other people find us. If you're new, welcome. So glad that you're here. And as always, take what works for you, leave the rest behind. Check out ADHD Friendly for more resources, resources at ADHDfriendly.com. Until next time, tally ho.